Man, listen, bro. 37 bricks in the trunk, man. Going down 275, man, about 135. Ferrari just got it yesterday, paid in cash. Man, I got like 16 police behind me, dog. Got stick on my lap. Man, I'm just driving. I know I'm finna get away from them. But I'm like, you know what? Let me go ahead and this, this, let me just get scare them and push them back off me. Take the stick, put it out the window. Cap or facts? All right, good afternoon. This is State of Florida versus Stephen Testa with multiple cases before the court. Man, listen, bro, this is your boy Eadie King, and this is the Incarceration Podcast, where I talk about prison, pre, post, and in present, and how everything that I experienced throughout my incarceration has forever changed my life. This is the incarceration. Be all you can be. So we obviously know that's a military saying. I don't think I was really even like alive whenever they had that saying in the military, but pretty sure it was like from the 70s. But that's a common like patriotic American saying like, yo, be all you can be, you know, like calling the American people to live higher and to be the, the best version of themselves. Well, in the chain gang, in a prison, that's a saying uh, as well. Be all you can be. But it's not used in a motivating way. It's used in a sarcastic way. Because everybody in prison, man, lies. I'm talking about like cap. And not just like a little bit of like exaggerated truth. But I'm talking about like big lies. And the reality behind that is, is because when you go to prison, man, they pretty much strip you or the government tries to strip you. The state tries to strip you from your identity. You know, they take away all your personal belongings. Everybody's wearing the same thing. You know, these prison blues in the state of Florida. So like the social class is kind of like different in prison. And it's a little harder to tell like who's who and who was somebody like on the turf in the streets in society. That's why it's very common, man, that a lot of people in prison, they cap. I'm talking about big old bold-faced lies. Everybody was the biggest dope boy from their city. Everybody had the finest girls in their city. And it's everybody, man, telling all these crazy, far-fetched, war stories that 90% of them probably are not true. And maybe there might be some truth to them, but exaggerated, you know, to the 10th degree. And what's funny is because like when you first go into prison, especially like if you're young, like I went to prison my first time when I was 18. So of course, like I grew up in juvenile detention centers and juvenile programs. So I was already institutionalized, already like understood, you know, the lifestyle and the manipulation and the lies, the violence. I was already used to the entirety of the culture of being incarcerated. So just like at JIT camp, you know what I mean? Juvenile programs, of course, man, all the kids was lying even worse back then. Uh, so it was nothing new to me, but I think when I went to prison the first time at 18, it's like a different degree of lying. You know what I mean? Like, cause these are guys who've been in prison for like 20 years, 30 years, man. Some people, bro, like sadly live like a delusion life to where they have embedded their psyche, like their mind, their mental into these crazy far-fetched false realities that they never lived. So a lot of these people, man, in prison have become become like mastermind 
liars. I'm talking about like great at lying. So I remember I think my first bid, man, like obviously, you know, some people are just like blatantly obvious. You can tell they're capping. But I think a lot of times, man, like I would find out from like other people I knew on the pound, you know what I mean? Who would tell me like, bro, don't believe a word dude says, man. Like, like dude's like full of cap, man. And I was like kind of like taken back by it. Like, dang, like Everything he was saying like sounded really convincing. You know what I mean? I really like thought who he was, who he was, and who he portrayed to be. You know what I mean? And like all the scenarios that he was giving me about being some big drug dealer on the street or wherever he's from, and like you know, they're telling me all these lies, and then come to find out, dude got like a crazy sex case and been in prison for like 15 years, and he's just used to lying. And I think probably for that guy that I'm using you specifically as um as an example, probably as like a survival tactic. You know so he doesn't have to wear the shame of his sex crime or be targeted as prey or whatever. But the whole point that I'm getting at is, man, the majority, I wouldn't say the majority, but there's a lot of people in prison, man. All they do is lie. I mean, these are like freaking criminals. And I say that as a criminal myself and as a fellow convict, I'm not trying to like degrade nobody, but man, like, yo, like in the chain game, bro, like it's the best of the best con artists, manipulators, liars, anything you can think of, man. I've seen it all. And I've heard it all too when it comes to these crazy far-fetched stories and lies that these people will be telling and that they sell. And people believe, and even myself, a lot of times, man, especially when I was younger, my first bid, man, like it was kind of like hard to, to navigate and to weave through all the crazy war stories, man. And I remember, I think when I began to like really realize that, man, like everyone's just full of cat, bro. Like there's a point to where, like, when I was in prison, of course, like, maturing, growing as a man, you know, discovering my identity in Christ, the Lord transforming my life. I didn't even want to hear about these dumb war stories anyway. So, of course, I got to respect whenever you build relationships with people or sometimes you're just kicking it with the homies and, you know, they're not, like, living a Christian lifestyle or whatever. So, like, they're just, like, telling war stories and all these crazy stories they had and experiences they had from the street. So, of course, I got to listen, you know what I mean, out of respect or whatever. Or sometimes I I laugh if it's funny. But for the most part, it's like, man, I only want to hear these dumb war stories. Number one, because it doesn't like interest me. It doesn't make me like think that you're some high and mighty and like, I don't even care. You know, so I just like try to just walk away from those conversations or try to navigate my way out of them because I got no interest whatsoever in the war stories or in the cap that the majority of people be, you know, talking. Um, but I remember when I first began to really notice like, Everybody lies. Everybody like, yo, be all you can be, bro. Like, like, yeah, of course, man. Like, bro had like a whole trunk full of bricks. You know what I mean? And he had like 20 women in the car with him. Like, bro, be all you can be, man. Keep capping. I used to make up the scenario and joke about how like in prison, because everybody lies, like, yo, whenever I get transferred from prison to prison, I'm just going to make up a whole new identity. You know what I mean? Like in prison, a lot of people call me EI. Um, obviously, it's my rap name, EI. Uh, some people from the street know me as Testa or Steve or Steven or whatever, but most people call me EI. But I would joke like, yo, I'm just going to go to a new prison and I'm just going to start over brand new, which is not possible. We'll talk about that in a future episode because your face and the chain gang, like that's your past, bro. That will follow you everywhere. So if you dirty up your face, bro, you ain't going to be no good anywhere. A lot of people try to, you know, do some creep stuff at the camps, you know what I mean? Snitch or rob or junkie stun or check in, but it follows you because it's a small world in the chain gang. But that's another story for another time. But I used to joke about like going to a new prison and like making up a whole new identity. Like I go to a new prison, but like, yo man, like, yo, they call me death face. 
death face. I got bodies. You know, this, me and my dogs would be clowning, joking, making up scenarios. Or I'd tell somebody like, yeah, man, I used to be a veterinarian on the street. You know what I mean? FDLE ran down on me because I didn't have my license. I was doing illegal procedures on dogs out my garage. That's why I'm in prison. Or just jokingly telling people like, yo, listen, man, like I'm a poacher. I still see turtle eggs and the feds they ran down on me. They didn't pick up my case. They took it. And that's why I'm in prison right now. So I used to just joke about the fact that the majority of people in prison, bro, like when it comes to telling the truth about their lives, their past and the way that they lived, like in society, man, a lot of people be lying, bro, just because they want to, I think the underlying, we're all guilty of lying. Of course, I've told my fair share of lies, uh, but I think just the predominant um, man, the social status bar in street culture or like amongst convicts or just maybe like some immature people in society, man, like everyone's trying to outdo somebody else or everyone's looking for other people's approval. So, of course, in prison, you don't have proof of these things. All you really got is your word and like the way that you conduct yourself, your respect. Um, so when it comes to like their referencing of themselves, of how they live, oh, they going they going to blow it up. You know what I mean? They just going, they going to say anything, you know, make themselves seem like they was, you know, that dude, you know, on the street. Yo, in prison, you have nothing but time, you know? And sometimes I think, you know, people in society who've never been locked up, they have a misconception of like what it's like to be incarcerated. And even me saying that can be misleading. Like, yo, you got nothing but time. And then people visualize like someone sitting in a cell, like, and that's all there is to do. Nah, man, there's masses of things you could do. You know, playing sports, exercise, programs, chapel, religious services, you know, a million things you could do. But just the amount of time that you have to think. And especially, you know, of course, there's a lot of drugs in the chain gang, you know, so don't think. And I'm sure like you already seen the movies and you watch the TV series or YouTube videos or whatever. You know that there's dope in prison. And it can be flooded at certain spots and in certain places. Uh, but for the most part, people, especially like drug addicts who would be like totally junked out on the street, you know, they have more like maybe mental capacity or the time to think while they're incarcerated. So a lot of people with all that amount of time on their hands, plus survival instincts. You know what I mean? Somebody who don't got nobody for them on the street, ain't getting no money, don't got no type of support whatsoever. And if they're a criminal and they still have that criminal, you know, way of thinking and they're lying and they're manipulating, yo, they're going to mastermind that. They're going to become the best liars, the best manipulators, the best like finessers this world has ever seen. And it's being done in an environment to where it's like, yo, there's no hiding. Everybody lives in an open bay dorm. If you're an open bay or you're in a two man cell in the T building, you're always interacting unless you're like on seg or confinement, CM, 23 hour lockdown, whatever. But you have all the opportunity in the world and all the amount of people around you to run up your game. So these people, man, they get freaking insanely good at lying. And I think some people get so immersed in this false reality that they feed people that these compulsive liars, a lot of them really begin to subconsciously believe that themselves. Man, listen, I was in food service. And I was working the line, you know, where you put like food on the trays and push it down the line. And I was a runner 
because at the line, you got different spots where people put food on the trays. Everyone's putting different food on the tray. And at the end, you know, you got like stacks of trays, um, whatever. So I'm bringing these stacks of trays over. Excuse me. I'm also bringing these empty pans and these uh, these empty pans of food because we're done serving child and we're cleaning up the line. And I was bringing uh, these empty pans that used to have food in it to the uh, pot man. So as I'm bringing it to the pot man, there's this young kid. He's probably like, maybe I'm like 20 at this time. He's probably my age, 20, 21. Maybe he's a little older than me. He's about 24, 25. And I knew he was a bug. He just came in the dorm. He just got out of confinement. So I didn't know him like that. Um, I just came from the main unit to the annex. Uh, I got into a fight on the rec yard. So they let me out of confinement. And instead of sending me back to the hill, they kept me at the annex. And apparently this guy was here before people knew him. He had a reputation. I didn't know who he was. So I didn't know his backstory, but I knew he was a bug. You could just tell he was kind of weird, kind of standoffish. You know what I mean? It's kind of like bugged out. So he's over there, you know, like washing the pots and all that. And I come over to bring him these empty pans, you know, to wash and everything. And as I walk up to him to hand him these pans, he's washing a pot or a pan with like a little scrub pad, but he's using it like a skateboard. He's like, yeah, backside board slide, skirt, skirt, like straight imagination, you know, fantasy zone. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing, bro? He's like, Nothing. Just think about the X Games, you know, straight bug, you know. So me being in Christ and, you know, of course, I'm still a goofball. I'm still crazy. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to build with everybody, minister with everybody. But plus, too, because I'm weird, I'm crazy, too. I honestly kind of think it's funny. Um, so I start talking to him and he tells me his name is Bike Mike. And immediately he shows me like a picking poke tattoo on his forearm. No cap, like the worst stick figure you know, you could possibly think of that someone even call a tattoo that he probably did by himself, like in a county jail or in confinement with like a little staple and some type of ink. And there's a stick figure riding a bike and it says Bike Mike. And he's like all serious. Like they call me Bike Mike and bam, you know, show me, <laughs> show me his tattoo. So I'm interested. And one, like when I was younger, when I was in prison, man, I used to clown so much. Of course, like I was still in Christ. I was young in the faith, but man, I used to clown. And, uh, I used to always just like find ways to entertain myself. So him being a bug, being crazy. And this is wrong of me, of course, looking back now, I see. But in my mind, I'm just like already laughing in my head, how I can just like get entertainment out of this dude. So um, I start asking him questions, where is he from and all this stuff. And immediately I can just tell he's one of those compulsive liars. And he's telling me these crazy stories. I forget like what the beginning story he was telling me was. Uh, but I remember the, the stories I began to give back at him. Because I could tell he was a compulsive liar. And he's talking about like sports and, you know, mainly like BMX and skateboarding and all that. So then I begin to tell him lies about um, me being in the X Games. Uh, <laughs> I'm just feeding him back lies just because I think it's funny. And he's like really acting like he's believing my lies. Long story short, the whole point that I'm getting at is Bike Mike was a compulsive liar to the maximum. And the sad part about it, man, Bike Mike was just a young kid who was a junkie caught, like, you know, immersed heavily in drug addiction, in and out of prison. I think he was already in prison like a second time, maybe third time, or like 23, 24. And, um, he wasn't the sharpest tool in the toolbox. You know what I mean? Definitely wasn't like handicapped, but he had, you know, great potential, but he was just kind of slow. And, uh, he wouldn't even lie to like finesse people or to like 
get over on people or to like try to get food or dope. I'm sure probably dope, yeah. But he would just lie just because he was a liar. And uh, it's funny too because my homie actually called him out one day because he used to always lie to everybody and tell all these crazy stories. But apparently, I guess one of the lies that he was saying, he's like, he would read these books, like these novels, and he would take these stories that he would read from these books and he would like interject them into his life. You know, he would tell stories. I think I remember one day my dog like calling him out on that. He said, man, Pike Mike, shut up, man. Shut the heck up, bro. Like, stop lying. I literally just read that same book you're reading right now last week, bro. What you just said, like he just like completely called him out. <laughs> you know, so whole point that I'm getting at, man, is there are a million bike mics in the chain game. But Bike Mike is an innocent liar. You know what I mean? He ain't trying to finesse people. Maybe with like a little bit of dope here and there, but he's just crazy and he's a liar. Be all you can be. Prison lies. But the real principle that I'm trying to get at when it comes to like living in prison in the society, like behind the fence, behind the walls is social class. And I think coming home, it's been easier for me to identify what I always seen. But now it's like I can put a finger on it because like I mentioned before, right, when you go to prison, they try to strip you of your identity. You know, they take all of your personal belongings. You literally live out of a locker. You know what I mean? You have nothing, dog, besides like paperwork, you know, what you can buy on canteen, radio, tablets, whatever you can order or the packages your people can send in. But like nothing that can really set you apart from other people, you know, but you can always kind of tell like people who like done a lot of time or they care about, you know, how they live in prison because they got like creased up fresh blues. I mean, they got nice exclusive watches, the watches they don't sell on canteen, either they bought it from a police or food service worker, they got it into Vizzo or whatever, like rings and jewelries or nice shoes and this exclusive things that in prison, it's like top dollar items. It's like, you know, being chain gang rich. And those are only the slight differences in prison that you can really like associate people with. And you can kind of tell for the most part in a sense to where like who people associate with, you know what I mean? And, and whenever people are known from their city, you know what I mean? They have like a track record or you can tell because they always got money on the books or they're always on the phone. They always got people coming to visit them. But the whole point that I'm getting at is like the social class in prison. It's pretty much like an equal playing ground. And I think that's what gives people the opportunity to lie so much to try to like put themselves above other people or be more than they are um, because you really can't show it with material, tangible things. And it's crazy because coming home, uh, I've been home for two years now, going on two years. My two year anniversary is coming up uh, in a couple of months. I think I've been home like 20 months or 22 months right now. Um, so coming home, I've seen a lot of people that I did time with. And now I'm blessed with the honor and the opportunity to help guys get out of prison and transition home and stay out of the chain gang, get out the streets, ultimately find their purpose through faith in Jesus and live right. Um, but I've seen a lot of people that I knew in prison who like I thought were like, you know, established in society, you know, like I just would assume that like on the streets, you know, they had their stuff together. They have a place or they have a car or a good job or if they were like big dope boys in the streets or whatever lies or whatever like image they were trying to portray, you know, while locked up. But I met a lot of people like coming home like, dang, like 
And I'm not trying to compare myself to nobody, nor am I trying to say anybody's better than anybody by where they're at in life materially. That's not what I'm getting at. But I'm just talking about the principle of like social class that I, I, I imagine them because I either believe their lies or because it was hard to interpret because of the equal playing ground in prison that when I come home or I see them get out and it's like, dang, they're doing like terrible. Like they still living with their parents with a mom. I just went over to somebody's house not too long ago and I was just blowed. I'm talking about like just the, with the hygiene and the cleanliness of like the house and the room was like filthy. You know what I mean? So I'm like, dang, bro, like I lived in prison better than this. And it really wasn't because of poverty. It was because of like negligence and just like lack of self-care, you know? So uh, it's like those things, you know, that made me realize like, dang, like in prison, like I thought highly of this person or I imagined them to be this person in society. But kind of like uh, my dog, uh, Brandon Terrell had mentioned on a previous episode and he, he did a great job of depicting and describing it. Like, yo, being incarcerated is kind of like psychological warfare. And it's kind of like mental chess. Everybody's like trying to figure everybody out and everybody can have an ulterior motive or a hidden agenda or is he just like lying or manipulating or finessing. So, yeah, man, it's kind of crazy how, you know, being incarcerated um, can kind of like take away social class in a sense. And uh, also, too, man, I think that really gives us convicts an advantage coming home and getting out of prison. Like, yo, we done seen everything. You know, I'm not saying like, yo, I can read men's hearts and read people's minds, but dog, like I done seen it all, you know, and anybody who's done a lot of time, like, yo, you done seen a lot. So when it comes to the manipulation and the lying and the finesse, it's like, yo, you can pretty much like, especially whenever you're immersed in it for so long, like all around you, like I mentioned at the beginning, you kind of like fall for it. But over time, it's like, man, you can read it from a mile away. But then even then, you know, you still find people who are like, damn, bro, got me. You know what I mean? Like, bro had everybody fooled, you know, until something comes out, boom. Uh, and it's like, damn, you know, that's crazy. Um, so the reality is, man, in prison, bro, liars a lot of liars don't go to prison live in truth and um keep it a buck man and just a reminder if you don't know listen i'm a rapper man my name is ei the king all the links are in the description below for all my music at apple spotify anywhere where you listen to music i also have another podcast on my official youtube channel ei the king and the podcast is called let me talk bro where i talk more about my life ministry music all that also too man if you want some exclusive content look in the description below Go ahead and support me at my Patreon and you can get some fire exclusive content that nobody's never seen. A lot of unseen prison footage. Check it out. So listen, man, it's your boy E. Ida King. And this is another episode of the Incarceration Podcast where I talk about prison, man. Pre, post, and present. And how everything I experienced throughout my incarceration has forever changed my life. This is the Incarceration Listen, man, go ahead and subscribe to this channel if you haven't. What are you waiting on, bro? Hit the like button. Share it. Just run it up. I'm trying to pass 5,000 subscribers. Y'all, please help me. Share this with somebody who hasn't subscribed to my channel. I'm trying to run up my channel past 5,000 subscribers. So y'all help me to the journey.